Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's Brad Gebhardt from the Verb Moto Pod Network. Really looking forward to this episode with Zach Heron, where we break down the current situation of the Outdoor Nationals. Jet Lawrence and everybody absolutely crushing it, heading into Washougal, where we'll be mixing gas and hauling ass with some two-strokes in the mix as well. We'll break down that as well as us talking about heading off to the ranch. It'll be my very first time at the ranch, and Zach's, oh, I don't know how many times he's been there, but he's been there a lot. And he's going to be announcing there for the very first time. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. I am absolutely stoked. I am My steam is coming out of my ears. So excited to go down to Loretta Lynn's to hug up with my brother from another mother. He's been on all of these podcasts, at least in in audio form or as like in, in uh, sing-song form at the very end of all the podcasts. He is Zach Heron. The, uh, the international recording superstar, and uh, yeah, he's just an awesome guy. Zach, welcome back, back to the podcast. Dude, I am so excited. Thank you for having me back on, and uh, yeah, you've been you've been pumping it up. You've been hyping up the Out at the Ranch song for so long. I, I'm stoked to find out we're actually going to have you out there at Loretta's this year, and uh, it's it's one of those fairy tale places, man. You show up, and you have this idea of what it's going to be like, and there's kids and people everywhere, and it just it blows your expectations out of the water. I'm really excited to uh, to see how much fun you have and to hear your thoughts throughout the week, for sure. It's going to be my very first experience at the ranch, out at the ranch, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I, honestly, this has been a bucket list thing. Um, like, probably people who know, whether they've seen me ride or heard me talk about it, uh, not overly talented behind the controls of a dirt bike. Uh, I have sort of dreams of maybe being able to ride the plus 30 bc class which i will be very interested to see how that that class is running uh i'll be looking at some of the back markers to see if i could uh to crack that uh the the speed of that class um to maybe attend this race as a racer next year but yeah i will be essentially a, a spectator a content creator and all things verb uh this year for uh loretta lynn's we're gonna get to that a little bit later in the podcast but why we're here on the line right now is to sort of break down a little bit and talk about the outdoor nationals that are happening right now. Um, we are, I believe, seven rounds into this thing. Jet Lawrence still perfect in the 450 class. Um, my question to you, Zach Heron, does he go perfect? And if he doesn't go perfect, when does it stop? Well, I'm going to be honest. You know, I, I was one of those guys that before this season came along, I, I straight up did not feel that I think that I thought we would ever see it again. You know, the the likes of Ricky Carmichael, of James Stewart, and, and just the overall elevation of the sport after those two were able to go and, and go 24-0, and 0, I, I just, I didn't think it was possible. But now here we are, I believe it's, it's what, over 14 motos deep now? He's, yes. He's past the halfway mark, and, and like we've said, honestly, from the start of the season, I think the biggest threat to the number 18 is the number 18. Um, he He's buttery smooth. I mean, I thought Christian Craig and Chase Exton had perfect form. And then you watch Jet Lawrence ride, and it, it just brings these flaws out. Like, you compare them, and you're like, holy cow, this guy, these other riders that are so picture perfect compared to 99.9% .9 of motorcycle riders out there, then you compare it to Jet, and it's just these little things, his ability to hop around, um, his ability to change lines and to just continue to raise the pace whenever he needs to. Um, yeah, 
long story short, yeah, I think he goes 22-0. and 0 And um, if he doesn't, I think it's uh, a simple mistake at a later stage in the race. That's, that's where that final 10 – honestly, the final five minutes, I feel like, are that crucial point where, depending on how close second is, if he tips it down to where he loses contact of the bike, where he gets separated from the motorcycle, he's got to run back over, get on it, uh, start it up, not really crank it up anymore. Um, you know, that is where I could see the opportunity striking, where Chase or Dylan, um, shoot, who knows, Ty Masterpool may be there, and Jet isn't quite able to make the pass back in the little remaining time he's got. Um, now, I don't know whether you've heard this. I know you're probably more in tune with the international scene than I am. But, you know, I've heard some rumors that a certain somebody from overseas may be interested in possibly jacking up the program uh, towards the later end of the series. I don't know how much merit that has. Um, for those of you that are trying to figure out what I'm talking about, I have heard that there's a possibility Hurlings comes to Ironman and races. Um, and that is... I think is is just a huge. Who knows what's going to happen? Hurling's. Oh, if Hurling shows up, I don't think. Like, no offense. I think that he's he's a serious serious threat to, to Jet. Like Hurling's is next Absolutely. level in the outdoors. Next and, level. And and so you know, I, I even saw Ricky Carmichael posted, I believe, on Twitter, and he asked, you know, if you were Jet, what would you be focusing on more, like the championship or going undefeated? And and it's an interesting thought, you know. I don't know whether there's any additional the championship bonuses. is is uh, all but sewn up. He's got an 81 point lead. Yeah, yeah. And and so at this point, I don't know. It would be very interesting to see. I know Hurlings would be coming off of an injury. Jets obviously right now. It's hard to argue that he's not on the top of his game. And so that would be a a fun way, a fun one to watch. But in a way, I'd almost hate for that to be the way it goes. You know, I'd hate for just the one-off rider shows up and kind of ruins that whole season. But at the same time, the racer in me is like, no, that's 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 crazy. All of a sudden, the the villain, whoever you want to call it, however you want to call Jeffrey Hurlings in this scenario, comes out of nowhere and, and we got a race on our hands. And so um, we'll see. I think short of any silly mistakes towards the later ends of the race, and then, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Hurlings. But uh, right now, the current field out there, no, I think Jet Lawrence is is on his way to doing it. The question is, is like, I, I kind of put myself in the position of whether it was 2002 or 2004, how would we have felt if Stefan Everts had come over for, like, Glen Helen or Steel City in 2002 or 2004 and just, like, mopped up on RC? Like, I, first of all, I think he would have got booed out of, the, out of the establishment because both those places loved Ricky Carmichael. Um, in this case, both riders would be foreign, although I think uh, the American uh, fans have all basically adopted uh, Jet as their own. I'll give you some Jet stats right now so far in the season. His qualifying, 1.1 on average qualifying. His whole shots, he's, he's whole shot half of the motos. His average start is 1.2. He's led 206 of, of, uh, of a possible 200 and... 230 laps, roughly. So, based, he's him and Ken Rockstar are the only two that have led laps this year at all. Um, his average start is first. Uh, so, or average finish is first, obviously. Uh, won every single moto and has an 81-point lead. I think, I think unless Sexton pulls one out this weekend, I think he does go perfect. I think those other two tracks, 
our other three tracks that are on the bill. Uh, Unadilla, I think he's going to be good there. I think he'll be even... Maybe, honestly, I think Bud's Creek might be his best track, to be completely honest. And then uh, at, by the end, I think everyone also, like, at the last race, people will just be like, yeah, I, w- I almost want him to have it. Uh, I don't know if Sexton would agree with that. I think he probably wants to, to nip that thing in the butt. But honestly, the only person that's currently on the list that is racing this series uh, that can just straight up beat him would be Chase. And uh, his best his best crack at it would be this weekend. Yeah, I definitely agree that I think this weekend is probably the focal point of you're going to break him here or you're not really going to break him. And I think a lot of people know that. I, I know um, even other media sources have said, you know, Jet's been rather vocal this is not his favorite track. Um, I think Chase actually really likes Washougal. And yeah, so it's kind of a double whammy. Those two, yeah, those two mindsets right there. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I think uh, this will be the, the kind of the, the last hoorah as far as the really good shot to do it. And, and I think if Jet's able to hang on, um, you've got to wonder at what point does demoralization start to set in. You know, if you're the rest of these guys, and, and you walk away from, let's say he goes 1-1 at Washougal, and you're like, God, that was the one track like that this kid doesn't like. Like, we're going into good tracks. He's got good results. He feels good. Like, it's, it's the mental side of this has got to be just excruciating for everybody else. Uh, I mean, they talked a lot about it when Ricky was racing, when James was out there, you know, uh, Chad, you know, that was a good example. Always, Chad was, was just constantly grinding and just trying to find that speed and trying to get, you know, to where he was consistently battling and able to get those wins. And, and Chad is obviously looked at as one of the hardest workers in the sport now because of that. But when you're these guys where, you know, folks, if you don't know, like Dylan Ferrandis is busting his ass. Chase Sexton is busting his ass. Like these guys are working so hard. And then you've got this, for all lack of a better word, cute, smiley, young kid that's just shown up and is just whooping them. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time in the sport for sure. Um, I think, I think if he goes undefeated next year is going to be incredible to watch with all of the silly season news that's going on and all of the stuff that may or may not be happening um, I think if he's able to wrap this year up undefeated, it just it just opens a whole new world. And, and then you've got the SMX finales as well, which is a whole another podcast in itself. But uh, yeah, this weekend is going to be crucial to watch. I think this is the best opportunity for Chase. I think Dylan doesn't hate this place, if I remember correctly. So um, I don't want to count him out either. He's got some strong rides. It's just he's got to put those pieces together, and they got to get in front of him off the start. Yeah, uh, it's like. It's going to take, like you said, it's uh, the the 18's got to beat the 18. He's got to tuck the front. He's got to get himself in a first-turn pileup, uh, something like that, uh, of which he hasn't been a part of at all. His starts have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, but like before we move over to the, the 250 class, a couple of things we got to talk about on the, the 450 side. It's kind of still going to be kind of at 250 because there's some two-strokes coming out this weekend. We have uh, Jerry Robin. I believe, is going to be on a 252 stroke. You have Matt Burkeen, who's been racing one all season long. Um, a bunch of other guys. Obviously, Carson Brown will be out there. He's kind of a local favorite. Although, the funny thing about like Carson Brown is like, and he's, he's had good rides on a two-stroke. And he, like the videos he creates, they're, they're awesome. Uh, like He goes faster on a mid-90s 85 than, than anyone who raced them back in the day, possibly. Um, 
all of his videos are very like they're they're short clips of him hauling ass through corners. Like it's tough to really tell if if he's able to like really be that fast, that consistently all the time. Uh, if that makes sense, like it like you could put someone could like Spencer Owens could probably make me look fast uh, with uh, with a couple of quick clips. But like I'm, I'm interested to see if he actually is able to to run up there in the the top top twenty score points on a on a two fifty two stroke. Uh, do you know of uh, anybody else who's uh, current is going to be sporting a, t- a two-stroke? I know I think Brandon Ray will be on one. He's a local boy, but here's the thing, Zach: riding a 252 stroke for two two motos. Like I, I think some guys are underestimating how hard that is. Like to switch to so a two-stroke. Exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. To I go fucking fast on one. Is, yeah. yeah. It, it's and even the guys that have been racing a four-stroke, like these guys are so in tune with their motorcycles, like they know how that feels. And and for a lot of these guys. They're just jumping over to a two-stroke. Like, I'm sure they're not doing a ton of prep time. They're getting it Yeah, like Kevin Moran's stock bike. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I knew, I thought Moran's was doing it. And so, it's going to be exciting to watch. I I mean, for somebody, Matt Burkeen's a local boy for me. Um, I've grown up racing. Well, we were on the track at the same time. We never really raced each other. But, you know, and so I love what Matt's doing. It's like Jet and the rest of the 450 class. Yeah, yeah. He races some of the local races that I announced as well. Super cool dude. And uh, I would love to see him, since he's got the full season under him with the two-stroke, I want to see him get up in the mix. Um, I know there's some serious dough on the line as well, but uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there might be a slight underestimation as far as what it's going to take to be able to do it. Not just one full moto, which is going to be tough enough, but you got to immediately back it up and do it on a second moto. Yeah, like I, I'm just thinking of like, say, a guy like Jeremy Hand. And like Jeremy Hand, great rider. I don't know him to be a two-stroke specialist. He'll be there on one. He's currently 20th in points, which should suggest that he he might be one of the faster guys on one of these things. Like, how well does he know that motorcycle? How, like, how like the suspension-wise? And then also, he, like, I don't know if you've raced a 252 stroke. That's my bike of choice, only for the fact that I like working on two strokes, like the sound, all that fun stuff. And I don't take my racing that seriously. Um, like in order to make a 250 go fast, you gotta be aggressive. You gotta be in shape. You gotta be all over the bike. That's basically the opposite style of going fast at a 450 where it's all about being like, like very quiet and like, like balanced on the motorcycle, placing the bike where it needs to be and using that power. You don't have any of that going on with a 252 stroke. Uh, I, I can see some guys seriously fading late in the races uh or at least not not having as good a second moto as they do in the first moto and also their starts are going to be shit yep yeah these guys like horsepower hill they're getting eaten up up. yeah for some disadvantage yeah it's not going to be a fun track to do it at like you're just getting pelted down horsepower hill i was thinking about that earlier and so it's it's going to be interesting to watch i think uh you know, a lot of these guys, I'm sure, are more than capable of, of riding it aggressive enough. But mm-hmm. to your point earlier, have they done full motos with it where you're not flicking that thing around for a lap or two? It's it's a full race at a super high pace. I mean, these guys, regardless of whether they're on a two-stroke or a four-stroke, they're racers. They're competing against whoever's around them. And so when you mm-hmm. not only get in the mix um, – yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch. Long, long and the short of it, I'm a fan of the two strokes for those exact reasons you mentioned. I did not ride a 252 stroke. Um, I was on a four fatty very early in my race career and have no regrets. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sit on the back and use that power unless you guys have to hang it wide open. But uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. It's going to be exciting to 
to hear, to listen to, to smell. I'm jealous of everybody that'll be out there. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be exciting to watch. I, I'm pulling from my boy Maddie B. Um, and and honestly, just excited to see who ends up grabbing the win because there's a lot of names that before you know two or three weeks ago I wasn't expecting to see on a two-stroke list. Absolutely. Like honestly, if, if I'm uh, if I'm star racing Yamaha, like and like just for to break the internet, I'm I'm putting Levi Kitchen. Or, no, I mean, not leave you kitchen. He probably wouldn't even go for it. He'd be like, ah, fuck you guys. I'm not running a four-stroke. But, like, um, put an amateur kid or even, uh, like, he's not going to race it because he's going to race, race the ranch. But Daxton Benick on a 252-stroke in the 450 class and just, like, and see how he does. Like, why not? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's he has no time so... on one, though. I asked him about that, yeah, like, two so weeks ago. He's like, yeah, I've ridden one twice because my dad used to do freestyle. I'm like... Your dad did freestyle. Yep. Yeah, Todd's a Todd's a bad mofo. He's a little local legend here in the Carolinas. Okay. Well, I did not know that, but yeah, I think I would be cool. Got to get him on the pod, man. Got to get him on the pod. Yeah, we gotta talk to him about it. I, like as soon as he said that, I'm like, I think I need to talk to your dad. Um, yeah. But yeah, in all seriousness, I think it would be cool for like uh, or like or for like uh, TLD to put Caden Braswell. On like a like, why not? Like Caden Braswell, he's not like no no offense to Caden Braswell, but like you're not turning any heads getting twelfth in a two fifty moto. Like put him on a two fifty two stroke for the day. I think that'd be hilarious. I think it's definitely a way to get attention. Like I think some of these some of these teams and stuff like that have got to learn to branch out a little bit and and go back to having fun. Like. I think that was one of the things I really liked about the the two-stroke Red Bull straight rhythm stuff was, you know, you even saw, like, factory KTM throwing back to the Hot Wheels design. And then, yes. you know, that kind of inspired Thor to bring back their full mask line for, for a little bit. Like, it, I think it's cool when these companies have a little bit of fun and they do some one-off things where it's like, hey, you know, yeah, this is a cool thing going on. Like, to your point, exactly. Like, hey, Caden, he's not doing bad, but we would love for him to be up there a little more, but here's how we can help the team just from a social standpoint, because that is just as it's going to generate revenue just as much as, as grabbing a podium. And so yeah. uh, I think like, that is something that is starting to change in that corporate side of the, you know, as the generations move on and, and we get newer and younger blood, I think that kind of starts to get this social media game and the social um, game that these manufacturers have to play hopefully you'll start to see a little more of that. Absolutely. Like I just think in case, in the case of a guy like say like Max, Maximus Voland, who does ride a 252 stroke, he raced one as an amateur. He rode one for quite some time or a Caden Braswell, or even a Talon Hawkins, who's been a two stroke, uh, fiend back when he was on little bikes. Um, like, you know, like how many social posts do you think that would get shared around this weekend? If Talon Hawkins is on a 250 F versus a, a 252 stroke? Is it 10 times as many? I, I would say it's probably at least five. <laughs> at least five. But you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I mean, like you're going to get way more social media interaction. If, if pro racing yeah. is essentially to advertise, to, to market these, these, these products, I, I'm, if I'm Husky, I'm like, Talon, like uh, your average qualifying of uh, of twentieth and your average finish of sixteenth, that's awesome and all. But uh, let's uh, or fourteenth rather. 
Uh, let's see you, uh, yeah, like uh, this weekend. Don't worry about results. I just want to see fat whips on this 252 stroke. And yeah, go, man, go. Yeah, I think it's these guys have got to understand that there, there's value to that. And, and until yeah. they do, they're going to continue this suit and tie game that, yes, is important. Obviously, there's a racing standpoint of it. We want to we want to do well you want to show that your bike is fast it's competitive but you know you need to sell two strokes just like you need to sell four strokes and so it's there's you, you've got to look at it like that too hey this is this is an opportunity to market a bike that we don't usually put on this platform you know we don't normally put it on tv like this as much buzz as the two-stroke event's gotten yeah it's it's quite honestly i agree it's a little surprising that you're not seeing more of that but who knows? Yeah, Hopefully like I would say, even for the, in the sense of fly, like fly racing, they're having yeah. the, they're bringing out brand new cool gear, 2024 stuff for Washougal. That's usually where they do it. Like, how stoked would would fly be that there's like ten times more posts about Talon Hawkins, like this weekend about him like top tenning a outdoor moto on a two two fifty two stroke, or like qualifying in the I don't know top eight or something like that on a two stroke versus like like what he's been doing in the 250 list which isn't bad he's a fucking rookie then that's totally fine that he's mid-pack figuring it out blah, blah 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 that's all to be expected that's where he should be that's that all makes sense um but in, in as far as like like just note like kind of like ruffling some feathers and doing something outside the box grabbing some eyeballs and also like the two the, there's like whack job two-stroke contingent guys who just absolutely love it no matter what like yeah might sell some gear who knows yeah we'll see we'll see how it all plays out i'm excited to watch it for sure absolutely we're way too far into this thing without actually talking about going to loretta's i'm gonna be out at the ranch this is gonna be so much fun i am so fucking stoked to go there i i i do plan on packing shorts uh to go down um because i from i've heard from what i've heard it's hot there um Based uh, comparatively to the weather that I'm experiencing here in Manitoba right now, um, it is currently 20 degrees. It is like 25 degrees hotter in Hurricane Mills than it is here. So that is alarming. Um, I should already start drinking water, shouldn't I? I like. Is there something like if I can I just get more electrolytes than possible? Like a salt tablets. What what? Sh- Zach Heron. How should I prepare to go to Loretta's, and what should I be? What what should I expect to see and experience when I go there? Well, you know, uh, Brad, I hate to break it to you, brother, but you're already behind the eight ball. Hydration's got to start early. All right, so yeah, we need you need to be one of those guys. It's got you a jug with you at all times because, um, yeah, you were just telling me the temperature differences. I'm currently down here in Charleston, South Carolina, and it is pretty comparative to what we'll experience out of Loretta's crazy that humidity. Charleston heat um, buddy that Charleston heat baby absolutely so much to write a song on it and so we uh no it's it's been comparative I I say I'm getting my pre-Loretta lens burn on because it's it's going to be brutally hot um all of the racers this year I think heat preparation is going to be key the the guys that are willing to suffer the girls that are willing to suffer the longest and really grit it out I think is what it's going to take. I think you're going to see a lot of heat exhaustion. Um, but from a from our standpoint and our jobs where we're running around all day, um, it's very easy. You know, I, I believe Monster Energy is going to be out there once again, and, and they're lovely. They've got coolers set up everywhere, and it is hard to not drink anything but Monsters all the time. 
definitely want to throw some waters in there. I'm a big fan of like the uh, the Pedialyte packets or the liquid IVs. Um, Rhino Power's got some great hydration supplements. I think Arma actually had a sale going on as well. Um, just just hydration stuff, getting your minerals, getting your electrolytes in, um, because you're going to be sweating all day from sun up to sundown, and then you sweat more at night. Um, you know, it, there's a there's a high chanceability. Yeah, chanceability that we're going to find ourselves at a beer tent at a, one point or another. Um, oh. Yeah, and so you know you get you're going to have to prepare for that kind of hydration as well. So yeah, it's it's going to be exciting, man. I, I really am excited for somebody like you to experience it um, because it's it's a special place for me. Um, I did get to race out there in 2015, and, and I don't uh, I don't ever sit there and pretend like I was going to be the next big thing. It was 450C class. Um, but I think that's a, you know, the C classes are unique as well because every single one of the C classes, it's that rider's first time at Loretta Lens. And so, uh, when you're a little kid, you know, we all probably seen the video of Ryder Francisco when he's five years old and his mom was basically saying, you know, we asked him if he knew what he did and he just thought he'd won a race. He doesn't understand how big of a deal this is. But for those, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 year old kids that are sitting on the line in those C classes, they know exactly how big of a deal it is. Um, and they know that it's a it's a huge opportunity for them. So I always look forward to those classes. Um, but it is it is a small community from all over, not just the country, but the world. You'll have yeah. people from all over. Roxon used to race this and, race. Anste used to race this absolutely. race. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I mean, it's we all love motocross racing. We've all sacrificed to be there. Uh, I mean, I said it before we started recording the podcast. Even it is an accomplishment for the parents that got their child to Loretta's just like it's an accomplishment for the child that qualified for Loretta's. Uh, I mean, you know, I, my father was proud to be able to, to do what it took to get us out there. It takes a lot. It's not cheap. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the qualifying process is tedious. It's nerve wracking. Um, and it's, it is a true road to get to Loretta Lynn. So I think everybody that get there, you get, you know, you smell the air, you're, you're seeing the same track that your heroes have grown up racing. Um, it's going to be fun, man. It's a, it's a full, full week of, of excitement. You've got the racing and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you've got talent shows, you've got, uh, they've got the on-track school program. They're doing a big graduation. They've got a huge country music concert. Craig Morgan's going to be headlining that. I'm going to be playing music throughout the week uh, on the Monster Energy Activation Trailer, so you'll just find this big old Monster Energy Trailer with speakers set up, and then uh, I'll be yelling and screaming so you guys can come hang out with me for a while. Um, you've got the creek. Make sure you bring water shoes or something. You can at least a couple bathing suits because you're going to be floating down the river. Um, it's it's a truly amazing experience, man, and I think um, you're somebody that's going to be able to really appreciate all aspects of it because – Let's be honest, who doesn't like a good race, too? And the cool part is you get to watch Mike Brown whooping on, on the plus 25 class, and you get to watch Jacob Hayes. He's returning back to the ranch. I'm excited to see him out there. But then you line up, and you're like, oh, this is, you know, it's the 50 shaft class. Like, oh, we'll watch the start. They're cute. Dude, let me tell you what. Whether it's the 4-year-olds or the 55-year-olds, you've got the best in the world. You've got the best in the country, and it is battles galore some of the best racing I've ever seen the racecraft that these riders have. I mean, I've seen 65 riders slicing and dicing and going back and forth. It's a, uh, it's an experience unlike any other. It's, it's the true pinnacle of amateur racing and you get to see right in front of your eyes that, Hey, uh, the future of motocross is looking strong. 
Yes, sir. It's going to be so much fun. I'm looking forward to it an entire week down there. And for you, like this got to be a huge moment. For, like, like you've been able to race this race, but you've also been that fan at home watching racer TV and, and listening to those motos being called. You're going to get an opportunity to call a few of those motos. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, like that, that you smiling ear to ear when you uh, you're able to. It's kind of like almost like a. A little bit of a milestone moment in your uh, your moto career as far as uh, getting on the microphone. That's cool. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's a pretty unique opportunity, and, and I'm very very blessed and fortunate to have it. You know, as far as I know, and I've I've been saying if anybody knows otherwise, please let me know. But uh, as far as I know, I think I'm the only person that's ever raced it, uh, and then been hired to do the the music stuff, and, and been a full musician out there, and then been hired with Racer TV to do it as well. Um, if you guys have listened to the previous podcast episodes I've been on, you know I've been covering the GNCC series, and that's been uh, just a, a crazy, amazing experience on its own. Um, you know, so much learning and so much fun. But uh, yeah, got got confirmed from from the big the big dogs up top that I will be out there covering majority of the racing, um, along with playing music. I'll be doing the podiums. I'll be doing a little bit of everything. So yeah, it's it's a pretty big moment for me. I know how big this race is um for for the racers i know how big this is for the motocross community i mean the the superstars come out there um i'm actually very very excited to see some of the new stuff we've got out loretta's um you know david eller who runs the the phoenix racing team and you know a multitude of racing under his his canopy there um but his his company has built the brand new announcing tower that's going to be right there in the infield um that's going to be really exciting to see it's i've seen some pictures it is beautiful and so, um, yeah, this is a big year, not only just for me, but it's a big year for Loretta's as well. Um, you know, obviously it is the, the first year having this race since Loretta passed. And so I'm sure they'll be doing stuff to, to commemorate her and, and make sure her memory lives on because um, I think the motocross community felt her loss very much and very similar to the country music community. She's been crazy influential, and this race continues to change the lives of many people, myself included. So it's going to be a going to be a great year, man. I really can't wait to uh, to be out there. Love it, my friend. Well, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, from tip to tail, back to front. I'm excited about the creek. I'm excited about the track. I'm excited about vet vet classes. Watch. I, I, I'll I'll be stoked. I'll be lying on the fences for the for the shaft drive track class. Because every single year you look in through that that list and you, you see some standout kids and stuff like that, and then you fast forward. 15 years down the road and those are the kids there's there's usually one of the one or two of those kids and what's funny is sometimes they're not even the ones in the top two or three uh that are ended up uh yeah like top step of the podium for uh for some amateur stuff uh, in the in the b class or something along those lines or they're already starting to race some pro nationals so uh it's exciting to see yeah, i'm excited to go so there and the, uh, the storyline what's that no, I was just saying you're completely right. It's so funny to watch the storylines of riders that have come yes. to the Reddas that don't have a great start like in their early years and then really blossom right before they move into pros. Or sometimes you've had people that have been dominant from the time they were a little kid all through the ranks. And, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's truly exciting to see not only the future but how that future grows in the sport and, and kind of peaks into professionalism. You betcha. Um, so, what, like, as far as wardrobe goes, give me, give me some tips and tricks. Like, you already talked about the, um, the, the hydration side of things. Like, I already, like I said, I'm, I'm getting shorts. Like, are, are sleeves optional? Are they, are they mandatory? What's the deal? 
uh, you know, I'm, I know you've been pumping iron up there in the Big MX Radio Studio there, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would not expect to see you in sleeves all week if possible. Um, I know we we have differing opinions on how to properly cut a tank top, but regardless, well, you're just wrong. That's fine. Well, whatever. You know, we'll agree to disagree, but we uh, yeah, you're definitely. It's going to be toasty. You, you need to have the suns out, guns out, baby. Definitely need to. I hope you've been working on your tan. Because we're gonna, you need a big sun hat if you don't already hat. have one. Yep, you're you're gonna need to get you some of that big sunscreen guy. Um, I don't care how tough you are, if you don't prepare early throughout the the week, by Wednesday or Thursday you're fried, and and nobody wants that. So, um, yeah, definitely some shorts. I'm I'm a tennis shoes guy. I can't walk around in flip flops. Um, it drives me crazy. So I bring several pairs of sneakers that can get dirty can get wet leave them out overnight they'll dry up so um but yeah basically shorts t-shirts hats um standard moto apparel of course um and then yeah from there man definitely bring some bathing suits and uh, a good pair of scissors in case you need to hack up anything else i like it my friend Let, let's just check out the 2012 51 cc four to six shaft drive division how shall we Who's in this class? We have <clears throat> hmm. Casey Cochran with an 11th place finish out of Tennessee. That's exactly what I was looking for. Casey Cochran back in 2012 uh, racing a PW50. Obviously, every single bike in this class is a PW. Um, yeah. And yeah. So you got a kid who now is likely to be at the top step of the podium in the B class uh, pulling down an 11th. Uh, back in 2012, I w- I'd been on big bikes for eight years already. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so funny that even now, you know, whether it's uh, a rider to Francisco is always the one that pops into my head just because of the, the documentary coverage and, and truly being able to watch him from a little kid grow up throughout the sport. But, yeah, it's it's so, I think they said Cooper Webb's first year at Loretta's. He didn't even get the race. He was an alternate, I think, in one of the 50 classes. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, there's all kinds of storylines. There's, uh, you know, and, and I think oftentimes the, the stories that don't get told enough are the stories of the families that know, hey, I'm not going to be Austin Forkner. Hey, I'm probably not going to be Adam Cincerello. And, and this is this is a huge accomplishment in itself. We often talk about how this is a stepping stone to the professional ranks. But for a lot of riders, it's not. For a lot of riders, this is the goal. This is the pinnacle of racing and and. Um, you know, for me personally, I knew this was something I wanted to accomplish before um, I graduated and got ready to go to college and stuff like that. So for a lot of racers, um, you know, these guys, they they learn the hard work, the dedication, the, the true life lessons that is instilled in the process of qualifying for this race. And then they go on to be doctors, lawyers, announcers, who knows, you know. And so there's a, there's a lot of racers out there that have been training really hard just to try to do what they can to compete against the best in the country. They're not expecting Mitch Payton at the end of the races to offer him a contract, but they, they just want to try to do their best and, and really love the sport for what it is and the good old you know sense of competition. Yes, sir. Well, it's a celebration of the sport that we love so much. We'll both be down there. Finally, a reuniting after uh, we first met at uh, Verbadilla. Uh, before we hang up this call, you were at the SummerSlam. I didn't get to go um, for a, a ton of different reasons. I had some shit going on with uh, with Verb on the sales side of things. But, uh, yeah, what did I miss? Looked like a lot of fun. Dude, yet another awesome stop on the Shred Tour for Verb Moto. 
Um, these guys just they just keep up in the game. It just gets better and better. Verbadilla was fantastic. We had so much fun, uh, and then yeah, moved over to Casey, Illinois, at the Lincoln Trail. I, I don't. I've I had never been to Lincoln Trail's facility there before, but wow, you talk about somebody that does it right. Um, just top notch over there. The way they've got everything run, it, you you get a feel almost like you're at a pro national. They've got media credentials. They've got bibs that the uh, the media people have to wear out there. It is all very organized. It's run like a Swiss watch. Um, and I had a great time up there. We got to do some awesome uh, coverage of the racing that was going on. Good old BQ, Brett Q was out there hanging out, having a good time. Um, but we had some great racing. And then, of course, I think the the racing is, is part of what makes the Shred Tour so much fun. But I think the environment that goes along with it is truly what separates these events from any others. Um, I've been to a lot of races at a lot of different places. I've never been to one where they had live wrestling at the race. Like, yes, you heard that, folks. I'm talking like WWE SmackDown type stuff. And I, you couldn't have slapped the smile off of the people there. The kids had an amazing time. The adults had an amazing time. We had the, the verb raffle giving away. I mean, we gave away EVS braces. We gave away uh, 100% goggles. We gave away fist gloves. We gave away multiple $100 motorsport gift cards, like so many amazing things. Gave away a full Stasic, brand-new Stasic. Um, talking about Stasic, you had, like, basically the Anaheim 1 of Stasic races go on just behind our verb set up there. Full band, one of the nights as well. Um, it, it's just like, do I need to continue on reasons that you should go to the next one? Because it is it is so much fun. The atmosphere that goes along with the racing you know, I, I didn't I didn't personally talk to anybody that got last in their class, but I think you could probably go out there and have two bad motos and still say you had a great time at that event because of everything else we had going on. Suron riding, Stasic sampling riding. I mean, those kids all probably knocked out before they were out of the driveway leaving because they were riding Stasics and Surons uh, and the, the new EFID, the Hondas, the electric Hondas. I mean, it was it was it was another great stop and uh, Lincoln trail did it right for sure. Yes, sir. Well, I'm excited to uh, head out to the next verb shred tour event. That's closer to the end of August. And then we've got some down uh, through the fall, including the verb classic uh, looking for, looking forward to more information about that. Look, look, looking for more hype train for that, but all eyes on Loretta Lynn's as we, uh, the countdown is absolutely on. Uh, I'm traveling on the, the Saturday. I land in Nashville. Uh, I think uh, I'm landing about 12 hours before the rest of the crew is. So, uh, I have to find some things to do in the beautiful town of Nashville. So, uh, maybe I'll dial up my, my buddy Zach and see if he's uh, hanging around. Uh, I'll go to a strip club or something, but, uh, yeah, this has been fun, man. I'll talk to you. Uh, this is, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, dude, it's going to be a great time. There's, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard, but there's really not a lot to do in Nashville. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretty quiet place. So you'll be a little bored, but I'm sure we'll figure something out. Yeah, man, I just like start stamp collecting or something. But Zach Heron here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Zach, we can't end any of these podcasts without at least hyping up and generating the attention from all those who are listening to listen to this song by Zach Heron because he is out at the ranch. Welcome to Best 42 in the land. I'll age 
from kids up to grown men Walk through the gates of the coal miner's daughter To make a point clearer than the creek water now Who's the best, who's it gonna be In Hurricane Mills, Tennessee Can you feel the adrenaline Dirt flies hypnotized by the wind spin Hear the crowd, everybody's whistling And rowdy fans play the national anthem, and everybody stands. Smell the smoke from the two strokes riding by. The 30 second cards on its side. Good.